welcome to the Championship Frisco Extravaganza edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Evening, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone is getting very excited to do some rooting this week. Um, Rob and I have both been very old and very sick this last uh, holiday break, and we are pleased to announce that hopefully tonight we will have a little more energy than we had, or certainly than I had last week um, when Rob was carrying us. So we are really excited to get to the whole rooting. Uh, we're going to do a big preview tonight. We are brought to you, as always, by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So I know there's a lot of other good JMU beers out and about these days. Um, a lot of different breweries around the area, both in Harrisonburg and over the mountain in Charlottesville, doing some JMU-themed beers. But we would be remiss if we did not thank our original sponsor, Pale Fire, um, who has been nothing but great to us all season. We're delighted they have, uh, we have extended our agreement with Pale Fire, so we're going to keep working with them at, even after the season. So go on into the uh, tap house there, the brew house there in Harrisonburg. Uh, mention the sports blog podcast and you get a free pint glass from pale fire and certainly go in there and enjoy some tasty beverages hopefully there will be a big parade in harrisonburg next week um, when people can swing by the tap room as well so we are recording tonight on the bumpers app as always hopefully someday bumpers will get a app for android phones um so we <laughs> so we could have some other guests that we have had struggled to get uh tech wise but we are really excited tonight um, to have two incredible guests joining us, uh, at least incredible for us. We have our first recurring guest, uh, so we're excited to have uh, Bennett Conlon, who did the color commentary for the Dukes on Madison this year, will be rejoining us tonight uh, to preview, uh, sort of do a deep dive on the game and the whole party in Frisco and everything coming up more from the student perspective. So we're excited to have Bennett in a little while. But first, we have uh, the man, the myth, I think the true JMU legend, uh, uh, JMU Alumni Association board member and our good friend, Duran Allen. Uh, Duran is going to talk to us about some, the watch parties this weekend, um, how you can get involved, um, what you can do as far as being a, you know, getting more excited about being a part of the Alumni Association if you are located in a city that does not have an official alumni association chapter and maybe you're having you're going into an event this weekend and you're wondering how do I do this more often where I am so with before we go any further we want to welcome Duran Duran thanks for joining us buddy absolutely thanks for having me I'm excited to be here championship <laughs> week oh we that's right <laughs> oh well thank you so much Duran uh, first how did you get involved with the JMU alumni association originally you know how we are as, as Dukes, man. It's, it's really about our network. And so I was actually asked by the president, it's like four or five years ago, um, Jamie Jones Miller. I think, mm. I think you all know Jamie. We so do. She, uh, she had called me up and said, hey, I want you to consider joining the alumni board. And I was hesitant, you know, because in my head, I was like, well, I wasn't that involved as a student. You know, I had a job at UREC, which I loved. I had a healthy social life at JMU, and I was thinking, I'm not really bored material. Right. But as I, as I, as I thought about it, right, it was, here's Jamie from JMU, this, this, this board president, asking me to be here. And I thought, you know, Jamie's asking me to serve in this capacity. I owe it to JMU to come back and, and find ways to be a part of this and help out in this way. Mm -hmm. That is great to hear, and we are thrilled you did. Um, for those that don't know, 
I, I won't make him share his whole story, but Duran, like myself, is uh, also in higher education at a different institution um, and has was formerly at another CAA institution. So um, Duran is pretty, pretty plugged into what's going on um, on campuses, both at JMU and elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duran, um, so this weekend... I think that you will be in Charlottesville, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That, that well, yes and no. <laughs> I should be in Charlottesville, but I think I'm going uh, to see some friends over in Short Pump, okay. Virginia. So that's, that's my plan to get over there. All right. So is there a link where people can find out about the watch parties in their area this weekend? Yeah, here's a couple places I would do. So for for the official things, I would Google JMU watch parties. Yep. Google it. You'll find it. It'll take you right to the website. You click on that link, and you'll see all the watch parties. There's about 55 happening across the country, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. The other thing I would do, if you're not sure, I would go to JMU Nation on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think they just hit like 11,000 plus followers or members. I would go on there. They went over 12,000 today. Don't don't short change, Carol. (laughs) Over 12,000. Yeah, shout out to Carol who's holding it down over there. And I would just ask the question like, hey, who's hosting a watch party here or there? Got And then have you – speaking of the locations, um, are there any like really far-flung locations that we've seen this weekend that were a surprise? No, I looked at all of them, and they were all pretty good locations. I, I'll tell you, the one that I was waiting for, I didn't see this. was the I was waiting for somebody to do a watch party in Fargo. Yeah. I was oh. waiting for that one. Yes, that's true. You know, so anybody listening, if you're in Fargo, let me know. I'll, I'll buy you a beer in Fargo and say, let's do it in their home territory. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, I think last year there may have been a couple overseas as well. Um, I didn't see any on the official list today. Um, but yeah, last I year, I think anything. there was one in London, and there might have been one in Paris as well last year. But I didn't see those today. So, nah, most of them, a lot of them are obviously in Virginia. You know, mm-hmm. Denver, Colorado's having one, San Francisco, Chicago. Uh, my old stomping grounds in Baltimore, they got a couple of them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty exciting. Of course, here in Charlottesville, uh, they have one. If I was here in Charlottesville, I'd probably be at Random Road Brewing. They just came out with the Lock Gate Lager. That's right. Yes. And so I heard That's, it's pretty good. That's on my radar to get sometime this week. I did enjoy that they have covered up the UVA flag with a, with a JMU flag. They in, did, absolutely. In the brewery. Yeah. So, they did. Yeah. Um, Deron, one thing I wanted to ask about, and, and I know for me in Greensboro, this has come up um, from time to time, and that is if you go to an event and it's sort of, I mean, these are very grassroots events when they're out, of, when they're not in a city that has an official chapter. Right. So if you go to an event and there doesn't seem to be much organization, but you think, hey, there's like 10 or 12 Dukes here and this is really fun and I'd like to do more things um, down the road, maybe not even football stuff, but uh, philanthropy work or other things in your area. Uh, what, can, what are things that people could do um, to sort of like take the reins themselves? Absolutely. So I, I think for anybody, if you're at an unofficial place, an unofficial event, you come across, it doesn't even take 10 to 12. You got five Dukes in the building. <laughs> yep. And really, if you got two Dukes, <laughs> you, you're starting with something. Yep. But, you know, you say you got five people, I would say get an email list mm-hmm. to say, hey, we'll stay in con- connection and kind of gauge what people want to do. Right. Again, if you go to the, uh, the JMU alumni website and you can look up uh, the different chapters, mm-hmm. there's two I don't want to get too far into the details, but there's really two types of chapters and you can 
and you can start from there and say, hey, we want to be this chapter and start something from here. But really, if you get four or five people who are passionate about JMU and understand why you want to do a chapter, and it's not just about the watch parties. It is about the network and getting people connected. That's right. Here in Charlottesville, my, my realtor, we just bought a house in August or July. My realtor was a JMU grad. And that mm-hmm. was great that I'm putting money back to this JMU person's pocket. That's right. right. We had a a shared experience instantly, like, oh, man, JMU, let's do this. And so that's why I tell people to to get connected, because it really is. If you know us, it's about our network. Mm -hmm. That is great stuff. And for everybody out there, same thing. Go on the Alumni Association website. Look at your board members. Um, You probably know one of them. They range in age from people that are out of school less than five years all the way up to people who have been out of school 40 or 50 years. Yeah. So the chances are you probably, at least through a friend of a friend, have a connection already really involved with the Alumni Association. Um, So don't be afraid to get on there, send them an email, and ask them what to do too. Yeah, and if the board members are close enough, they may even come by. And yeah, come that's visit right. and join you for something. So I, I think there's opportunity there. But absolutely, just collect the names yep. um, and, and get people together. The other thing I would consider doing, let's say if you're someplace by yourself and you're just out there <laughs> and you're not sure, I would also call the alumni office. I would contact Alicia Davis and just ask, hey, has anybody from this area contacted you about starting something? And, you know, the alumni office is a great job of just connecting people um, to, 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 to each other in different locations. And so that's another place I would go to as well. Thanks, Duran. Duran, uh, one last question. I, I know that uh, JMU Giving Day is coming up on March 13th. Um, what does the Alumni Association think about why people should support JMU Giving Day? You know, the, here's the great thing about JMU Giving Day. A, this is a fun way to give. Mm-hmm. A fun way to give. And that's that's important. So it's not about big dollars. It's not about the biggest change. Every little donation matters. And I hope people understand that. You also get a chance to donate to your particular interest, which is important to people. So it's not just giving to JMU, but giving to something that you enjoy. And the most important thing that I really would say about JMU Giving Day mm-hmm. is that our students get to see their alumni actively involved in this capacity. And that's important at any institution that the students see our alumni being involved. And that continues that culture of giving and getting connected. And they know it's not just about that Jamie degree. It's also the people that come with it when you get out, that you have people who are looking out for you, who want you to do well, and who are there to support you in every facet of your life. Uh, That is a great point that I had not thought of before. So Duran, thanks again. Um, you got anything you want to talk about the game? Oh, man. You know, <laughs> hey, look, if I could be in Frisco, I would be there, hands down. It's right. going to be incredible. I have JMU, of course, winning, and I, I'm really looking forward to our defense because that has been – if there was like this MVP, our defensive unit has been <laughs> outstanding. And so I'm ready to see them go to work. As are we. As are we. So, Duran, we can't thank you enough. Um we look forward to hopefully doing a little more work with the Alumni Association as time goes along in the off season. Um, I'm sure we will catch up with you again. So enjoy the game. Indeed. And you guys enjoy. Oh, I hit my kids crying, so I'm going to get up out of here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Duran. All right. All right. Well, once again, we're thankful to Duran Allen from the Alumni Association Board for joining us tonight. Um, find a way to get involved. If you're out there this weekend and you go to a watch party in San Diego or in Phoenix, or in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, make your connections, make an email list, someone take the lead, you'll find a way to do more things. But 
With that being said, we are ready to move on to our big Frisco game preview. And we are going to welcome in for the second time our first multiple-time guest, Bennett Conlon. Welcome, Bennett. Thank you, recurring guest. It's a big honor. That's right. You're like a staffer now. Huge deal. <laughs> very, yeah. very much put it on unpaid. the resume. Yeah, put it on the resume. Yeah. The, Top line. That'll be the first thing. Unpaid yeah. staffer, Jamie, Sports Log Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Thirteen. That, that, that's worth as much as about like your fantasy fantasy football stats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. Owner owner of successful fantasy franchise, Jamie, Sports Blog Podcast guest. Yeah. <laughs> that Apple was in the deals. no pile. <laughs> yeah um rob and bennett um do you guys want to sort of start us off i think i guess um either one of you want to take first down on this with your first thoughts on the game or is there any kind of general game reset you want to do for us oh i, I don't know i gotta get back into it you know okay. it's like it, it's just it's one of those things like i kind of like the little break it let everybody get healthy um on both sides you want to mm-hmm. see both teams kind of bring in their best effort but it's kind of like, I mean, it, it's not really a second season, but it is a little bit of like, okay, let's get back into it. And the excitement after, you know, the Weber State and South Dakota State games, now it's a little bit of just like, all right, where are we at? And, um, <laughs> uh, it, it is what it is. It's, it's the two best teams. We've said it all along. Everybody's talked about kind of looking at who had the toughest path to the playoff or to the finals. And as Jamie fans, I think most of us agreed, uh, and even probably most objective North Dakota State fans agreed, Jamie probably had a tougher, tougher path to get to Frisco. Yeah, but it really, it really doesn't matter. I mean, who nope. cares? It's the two best teams. Um, Jamie took care of business. North Dakota State took care of business. Um, nobody's going to have any qualms with either one of these teams being crowned champ. Um, so I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm ready to kind of get after it and just enjoy the game on Saturday. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I, I think we should all be fortunate as fans to get to watch this. And it is hard to take a step back from our JMU fandom and just be a regular college football fan. But, you know, I was reminded last night when we all got to watch Georgia and Oklahoma play uh, that sort of all-time classic in the Rose Bowl of just this is kind of the FCS version of that game. I mean, we're getting the best possible game we could get. Um, the game that all both of these teams really all season, I think, have we've known all along this is the game we wanted to see. And we're so fortunate to get to see this at the end of a 20 team tournament you know so one thing we should do is reset the table um injury wise for both teams uh it look we are very hopeful that curtis oliver jahi jackson and john miller might all play this weekend for jmu so we we did spot curtis oliver in a picture from practice this week (laughs) it appeared to be dressed and running around um so that would be really exciting. JMU could certainly use John Miller in the kick return game, even if obviously not not only in the receiving game, but really in that kick return game. Uh, although D'Angelo Amos has been great filling in. And it would be great to have another body back in Jahi Jackson on the offensive line, even though that group probably played its best game of in a long time, at least, in the last game against South Dakota State. Um, on the other side of the ball, or the other side of this game, uh, North Dakota State has had a number of injuries coming through the last few weeks, but it does look like potentially two of their running backs that have been out, Ty Brooks and I can't remember the kid's first name, Dunn, um, who's been, actually been out for quite a while, but it looks like both of them may play. It also, and their, their corners it, might play too. Yeah, right? I was going to say the biggest news, I think, has been that their coach is 
I mean, obviously both coaches are being very cagey about this, trying not to give anything away. But both of their corners, Jalen Allison and Jalen Wimbush, were injured in the last game. And it was, you know, the, the concern for them was that they, those injuries may be so serious that they might not be back. But at least according to their coach, Kleiman, this week, um, it looks like we may see both of those guys uh, come Saturday. And then I think they have another linebacker, Levi Jordheim, who's kind of like their, I don't know, kind of like their Bryce McGinley, you know, a guy who plays a lot but maybe wasn't their starter or star player um, who may be back as well after quite a little bit of time off. So it looks like both teams are going to be as healthy as they can be, obviously notwithstanding the season-ending injuries, and it should be a great game to watch this week. Um, Bennett, did you want to get us started with maybe a key matchup in this game that you were thinking about either individually or position group-wise? Yeah, so you kind of mentioned those cornerbacks being banged up for North Dakota State. I thought the JMU wide receivers against those cornerbacks would be really important, especially if the starters can't go. If they can go, I think it gets a little bit tougher for the Dukes. You obviously want to play uh, your opponent's best players, but in a sense, you also kind of don't. <laughs> right. like no one, yeah, no one I, I really said that. I don't if really believe hurt. that. I, don't <laughs> exactly. that. I just said that because I feel like I need to say it. Exactly. Like nobody actually complain if they Yeah, that's about the only thing that went wrong for them in that Sam Houston State game too. That was a a tough matchup with a Sam Houston State defense that's just ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, soft Houston. They're rough. That is. It is really ferocious. Like as ferocious as a small house cat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was rough. I was watching the game and I was actually there was a point in like the second quarter where I thought I could put on the pads and suit up for him and might be an improvement. All 5'11", 160 pounds to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that would have been an improvement if you listened to the coach at all. Basically. Just do anything. Get in the way of somebody, I think, would have been an improvement. <laughs> right. Yeah, it will be. It, it, Rob's right. I mean, between the two of you guys talking about this, um, you know, for all of North Dakota State's bravado, and, and much of it is well-earned over the last six years, um, yeah, their road the last couple of weeks has not been Weber State and South Dakota State. So, not that I'm, I mean, they obviously played JMU last year, so they know right. what they're getting into now. At, at home. At home. Yeah, at yeah. home, right. But I, I just mean, they do know what they're getting into. I don't think, no, they, it's they, not like they, they think, oh, you we're can't playing not Sam Houston, you know. And and we can joke about it and make light of, you know, oh, I don't really want people injured. I don't, I don't think anything of their playoff schedule. They played the, the games that were put in front of them. Um, you cannot take any jabs at their regular season schedule. Um, no. Just like I don't think people should take stabs at any, at any sort of jab at a CAA schedule. No. Um, you know, both. It's good conferences. It's the two best teams. Let's leave it at that. You know, they're, they're ready to go. This is the matchup we all wanted, and they both deserve to be there. Yep. And they're not going to be surprised. You know, this isn't a situation. There's not a Sam Houston situation happening here where a team's just going to be completely outclassed or look lost or get intimidated by a crowd or anything like that. This is, this is going to live up to the hype. Yeah. Rob, was there another matchup out there for you, uh, position group or individual-wise, that you were really fascinated with? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but I, I think the line of scrimmage, just kind of like whichever team's offensive line can kind of dictate the play, is really going to make a big difference to me. Um, both teams have talented running backs. Both teams have gotten pretty far, obviously, with backups mm -hmm. situations. You know, they both – Cardon Johnson and then North Dakota State with the injuries you mentioned. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the guys have really come to life. Um, you know, the, North Dakota State's got a freshman, a true freshman, who's got like over 300 yards rushing in the playoffs and a couple touchdowns. And then obviously Marcus Marshall has been amazing. <laughs> yep. Um, so I think whichever offensive line can kind of dominate or at least establish its will and open up the running game, then both quarterbacks are, are capable of making plays and you got the receivers on both sides. So a lot of this is going to come down to the trenches, I think. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, Bennett, do, is there a player on the team that you on the JMU team this week that you really think might be able to make an unexpected contribution this weekend in a big yeah, way? So, yeah. so I was digging digging through some stats today because if I'm going to put unpaid JMU sports blog staffer on my resume, I want to make sure I'm prepared. <laughs> right, right, right. So I've got to prep for this. You're not going to come across like a real staffer if you're prepared. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, so I was looking through, and I, I found that Jonathan Klusterman only has seven catches the whole season. You stole my man. That's awesome. So I know yeah. he's been I know he's been banged up, and I know he's yep. missed the first couple games with some disciplinary stuff, and he also had an illness. Yep. But he has no catches in the postseason after last season having a touchdown catch in every postseason game. So I feel like he's do for something, at least a catch, yep. if nothing else. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And actually, you know, it's, it's interesting. Even Clayton Cheatham has not been that involved in the playoffs. Right. Um, yeah, the tight end position just in general has not been used very much in this year's playoff offense. And well, a lot I, of that, you, you can thank Riley Stapleton. You, you, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's just, no, it's not, not, yeah. not, he just emerged where he's been such the big play kind of go-to guy. And then you've got all, you know, Eldridge and, and Alls and everybody else, just these solid uh, possession receivers is doing them justice. But um, they haven't needed that kind of safety blanket, secret weapon sort of uh, element that, that Klusterman was last year or Cheatham was earlier in the year. No, but I, I agree with Bennett, though. I think this could be a week where we see one of those guys make a big play. Um, I also think those guys are just important because North Dakota State has very strong linebackers. Uh, the kid Nick DeLuca is that am I saying that right um so yeah um they have a linebacker who's probably potentially the highest draft pick of anyone in this game on either team um and you know the tight ends with all the shakeups on the offensive line I, I also think the tight ends have been needed in the blocking game maybe more than they were last year and it'll be interesting to see if JMU does get Jahee Jackson and of course JMU both teams have had Three, almost three weeks to prepare for this game. So I imagine if there are any wrinkles out there, we will see them this week. And I, I was thinking much like Bennett that whether it was Clue or Cheatham, that we might see a contribution from the tight end that we haven't seen in a while. So that'll be interesting to see. Rob, anybody else from you that you were thinking about? Uh, no, I think Clue is a good one that you mentioned, but not necessarily in the passing game. I think his experience as a blocker mm -hmm. um, with kind of those injuries you mentioned on the offensive line, mm -hmm. it might not be anything that's going to jump out to us during the game. Right. But it could be one of those things where you just look back and like, oh, wow, how did that, how did the blocking open up on that drive or what was the difference? Um, just that bit of experience could be a big deal. Um, it's, it's funny that Bennett looked at the stats because I definitely did not look at the stats and I just <laughs> thought about my – heart on this and I thought it just would stink for a player who has been as important to JMU as Jonathan Klusterman has been in his time at JMU to sort of go out in his senior season with seven catches yeah um I maybe it's just my heart that I want to see him have a big game this weekend um because he was so much fun to watch the last couple of years so yeah well and I was thinking about this like there's no 
I think for either team. Um, yeah. There's no like undercover stars at this point. I mean, we said Riley Stapleton and Marcus Marshall have emerged. Yeah. We saw flashes during the year. I don't follow North Dakota State closely enough to see anything, but like to name any particular, but I don't think there's going to be anybody that comes out of nowhere um, for, for JMU. I think it might just be guys that haven't had their names called in a while. Yeah. It, you know, and there's a difference. It's not going to be, oh my gosh, this guy came off the bench and, you know, whatever, a Luke Hancock type moment for, yeah. for Louisville. Like where nobody saw that coming. Whatever. You, you could have Terrence Alls go nuts. Okay. Would yeah. that really shock anybody? No. no, but it hasn't been the story the past two playoff games. Right. Um, you know, it's just, I think it'll be more something like that. Maybe Trey Sharp has a big game. Oh, great. That, that's not going to blow anybody's mind, but most of us are going into this one being like, well, it's going to be Marcus Marshall as the, the right. A-back. And so we'll see. Um, there's just so much talent all the way up and down both rosters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to hear a lot of Bruce chants for Bruce Anderson, the, uh, the, big, the big back for North Dakota State uh, this weekend. So get used to that, fans. Um, they're pretty quick every time he touches the ball, even when it's a four-yard loss. Uh, to throw that out there. And then we, we know from last year about uh, Erzendowski, who's their sort of, I don't know, typical possession receiver uh, that struggled a little bit last year to get open against JMU's DBs. It'll be interesting to see if they find more creative ways to get him open this year. Um, but they do have a true freshman receiver. And like you said, he's not, he's not um, he wouldn't shock anyone to have a big game because he's been great for them through the playoffs at this point. So they use their tight ends and fullbacks and running backs a lot in the passing game. I think that'll be a big thing to watch in this game. Um, North Dakota State has run a wheel route <laughs> successfully in every playoff game so far. So Jamie will have to be on the lookout for that. Um, what do you guys think about, is there a player on the Dukes that needs to play at an MVP level um, for the Dukes to win? You know, if you could pick one player that you think if they were playing at an MVP level, you'd feel a lot better about the Duke's chances this weekend. Uh, what do you guys think about that one? Rob? Uh, I'd go Ankara. I, I just think mm. it's such an important position um, where he's playing. We, I talked about the importance of both teams' offensive line play. I think if you counter that with one of your real studs having kind of the game of his life or, or just the game of the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's really going to – particularly a guy like Ankara – it, it'll just it'll completely change the entire thing. And if he starts getting to the quarterback, he starts getting Easton Stick, then you start thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, can these ball hawks in the secondary make some plays? I think it really could just turn everything Jamie's way. That would be that would be nice. Bennett, what about you, man? What who needs uh, to be the MVP for the Dukes this week? I like the anchor pick. That's yeah. a good one. Um, it's kind of an obvious one, but I think I'm going to go with Shore. Yeah, yeah. Just because if there's anybody else or anyone who can have a bad game, it's not him. Right. I mean, if Marcus Marshall doesn't play well, you can go to Trey Sharp. If Stapleton's off, you guys mentioned Alls, Klosterman, all those different guys, multiple guys on the D-line, a bunch of linebackers or secondary players who can step up. But if Shore's off, I don't think Houston's going to pull him out and put in Cole Johnson, so they kind of need him. (laughs) (laughs) They need him to be on his game. And if he plays like an MVP, I think they're going to have a really good chance of winning. Yeah, I went back and watched the game from last year, um, sometime over this Mm -hmm. break, in my flu-induced haze. And... uh, yeah, I mean, Shore made a couple, two or three plays last year, right? That one over the middle to John Miller where he kind of threw it back across his body and Miller made a long run. Obviously, the touchdown to Miller, um, the one where he kind of scrambled around and made that long throw over the middle to Richard Davis. I mean, those were three plays that were MVP caliber plays. Uh, we remember that game for Khalid Abdullah and sort of the fireworks in the running game, especially right. in the first half. But 
yeah, those they they don't win those game that game without those three. I, I mean, old school, you know, Brett Favre type plays, and uh, yeah, that that would really really help this week because there's neither team. I I think it would surprise all of us if either team really got rolling consistently on offense. You know, I I think both teams will probably find a way to get a drive or two together this week, and but I think it is going to be big plays here and there, and it's going to require sort of those those superhuman efforts on some of these plays. And yeah, I think Shore is a great choice. Um, I, I guess for me, I mean, Rob talked about Angra. We, we know, I mean, anybody on that D line, Carter Robinson, anybody there that could have a big day, you know, pass breakup, sack, strip sack, that kind of thing would be huge for me. It's the specialists, uh, both Ratke and O'Kelly. I mean, I think they could have a huge effect on this game. I, I think all of us would be surprised if this game is more than 10 points in either direction. So, you know, or at least significantly more. And I, I just think those guys have faced real adversity in the playoffs really for the first time all season. And they have risen to the challenge, uh, but they need to do so again. So it'd be great to see both of those kids play well again this weekend. So you guys want to give it Bennett, you want to give us a uh, official breeze slash Matazone prediction for the game? Yeah, so I had to do the Breeze prediction, and I did like a Hero Sports one. So I went okay. twenty-eight twenty-seven, which is a little bit a little bit lame because it's like, oh, what a legendary game twenty-eight twenty-seven. But I'm gonna stick with it. I'll say it's really close, and I have the Dukes a late drive to win it twenty-eight twenty-seven. Oh, I can only dream of something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm excited just even thinking about that possibility. So I know that Rob chose a little larger spread for the Hero Sports um, interview this week. For us, um, yeah. This, refresh my memory. I, I don't. I don't know. I was thinking. Yeah, I think we're both in the same in the same spot yeah, here. That, that, that was kind of fluish type. Let me get this get this out in the door. Yeah. Um, thank you for covering for possible. me. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think JMU. It's going to be a typical JMU where it's close, close, close. Then you look up and it's it's a two score game. Um, <laughs> I can hear the Bison fans. Oh, this guy's an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> A room. Let me, let me tell you how much sleep I'm going to lose about that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a Jamie podcast. I'm a Jamie fan. Wait till we get to the uh, non-football part of this. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. Care. So whatever. So a bunch of people in North Dakota think I don't respect them. That's not the case. I just Dude. like my team, yeah. and I'm choosing them. Choosing them win. I'll, I'll say twenty-eight thirteen. All right, and I'll save mine for the uh, the official Jamie USB prediction on the blog. I guess. So okay. it, we, we can, you can, you can, ch- you can even change, make changes to that one if you want to, Rob, right. but we are going to move on. Um, Bennett, we did want to talk to you about plans for this week and, and just the student perspective of this game. Um, I guess what we'll call this is four downs instead of the Frisco game preview. This will be the Frisco party preview. Um, I like it. Yeah. So we were wondering first and foremost, what are your plans this weekend? Are you, um, are you able to go and are you going as a fan? They're kind of lame this weekend, okay. so I'm not I'm not going. Okay, but I will will be enjoying it as a fan. I'll actually be in Harrisonburg. Oh, sweet! And my my sister, she went to Auburn first semester freshman year this year. She transferred to JMU, oh, so nice. getting Smart another girl. another Duke in the Conlon family. Excellent. So my Smart family's kid. coming coming down to move her in, so they'll be there Saturday. So I'll probably watch it with my parents. Nice. Enjoy it casually. So 
That will be a fun, and actually, I think Harrisonburg will be a fun place to be this weekend. Yeah, they should have some good stuff going on. Yeah, yeah no. they've got a couple watch parties, and then just yeah. I mean, there's no better place to be. Yeah, than, uh, than on campus if you can. It's weird. I've noticed on the message boards a lot of people talking about like, can we just drive over and watch the game in Harrisonburg from Richmond or DC or wherever? You know, like just <laughs> wanting to be down there if they win. So yeah, who knows? Uh, if well, we that- if we had a jumbotron in the convo, they could they could show it there. <laughs> they could- <laughs> Someday, someday, 2020, fall 2020. People gather with their iPhones. Yes, yes. New, <laughs> new arena, not not yeah. not new convo, but new arena open fall 2020. Yes. Yeah, we should be saying the sponsor, isn't it? Like some bank or something? Yeah, Union Bank and Trust or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. we go. Exciting. Right. So. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Bennett, last year it was pretty nuts for like young alums and students and stuff. Um, we know there was like a big bus that drove all the way to Frisco filled with young alumni last year and stuff that ended up parked kind of right next yeah. to our tailgate and making a whole uh, just craziness. Um, have you heard anything like that from other students or young folks? This I week? have not. I have not heard of a, a bus plan, but no, I'm, I'm sure it'll be pretty crazy this year. I know last year was this. We were like walking into the game to cover it for the breeze. We're just like bouncing into students that we knew and they're all enjoying <laughs> themselves with some some refreshments <laughs> <That's And good. laughs> so they're all enjoying themselves there in the morning but it was a it was a pretty cool scene last year nice um yeah I, it seems like i don't know if you know anything about this but it seemed like there might have been more student tickets this year with the end zone seats being finished so it'll be exciting to see maybe a i don't think last year at least i wasn't aware rob i don't know if you noticed last year but i didn't notice like a particular student section of the stands Last well, year, did there you? There was that guy next to me who was throwing up, <laughs> passed out. Yeah, I noticed yes, him. but we were not uh, in the stu- we weren't no, in the we student were not in the section. section. All, no, right? we, so no, it um, seems like maybe this year that the end zone part of this uh, where it wraps around, maybe maybe I, where they're sticking the students. Yeah, I think the entire concept of um, seating sections last year was thrown out the window when Youngstown State you know, returned seventy five percent of its tickets. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of became merged into one big section that's right yeah it was it was a big jmu fiesta last year and there was no i mean i don't even know we well, we sat with like 10 guys and what did we we probably had three tickets in that place yeah so, yeah i have no idea but it's not going to be like that this year i have a feeling there will be a lot more assigned seating this year um speaking of which the reason that will will happen is because obviously this is a very much a sellout this year um two fan bases that have done everything they can to anger each other over the last three weeks through various means of selling and reselling tickets. Um, and, and apparently through getting our beloved purple and gold streamers banned by the NCAA from the stadium. So before we move on from this, it is game week and it's time to focus on rooting, um, not focus on confetti, but I, I wanted to give each of us the chance to get, off our chest, any last thoughts we have on the streamer ban, <laughs> Rob? <laughs> it's just silly. Like I've actually had fun with it on Twitter. So for me, it's almost now. JMU fans are gonna be. It's always been kind of funny to <laughs> me. Like I, I, I kind of enjoy just kind of poking fun at the sheer hypocrisy and stupidity of the NCAA to like take a stand on the and the way they're saying it's like a danger. If they were just be like, if they were like, hey man, it's a total mess, and you guys were slobs last year, I'd have been like, 
yeah, well, yeah. I didn't pick them up. You know, right, I right. could get that. I'd <laughs> be enough. like, it's yeah. dumb. You know, we did pay all this money for tickets. If you add on an extra dollar for cleaning, we would have been fine with it. But like the way they tried to make this about player safety is just ridiculous. <laughs> I, it's just, it's like comical. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine like even there's no way a player has ever complained about having a streamer thrown at him. Cause you'd be ridiculous. What are you going to go to like the stadium official in your full pads <laughs> right. when you're facing off against Simeon Robinson and be Andrew Anchor and be like, Oh, but somebody hit me with spray paper. They're, they're not going to do that. It's just, it's not about safety. It was just some rash decision for something. It was probably like a coach or a fan got upset because you know, it's probably other fans like, oh, you know, there were so many JMU fans there and their streamers, they were terrible. It was a hysterics and somebody made a dumb decision. Just yep. own it. I mean, it's just, and the other thing, like, the, I didn't sign the petition or anything. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like if we could put all this energy into, like, dumb things, like, th- that we put in dumb things like streamers, like, <laughs> we could, like, cure cancer or end racism or, like, do something really important. Like, I admire people's passion for JMU. Yes. But I'm realizing, like, People aren't taking this with the same level of levity that that I thought we were. People are really, really pissed. I I don't know. I was like, ooh, I kind of feel like we might have stirred this and poked the flames a little bit with our Twitter presence. But I really just thought it was kind of like, yeah, that's dumb. You know, some stadiums are dumb. And let's make fun of the NCAA, but. Man, folks are heated. So, my, my bad if I if I instigated stuff. Um, Bennett, do you have anything you you need to say about this? Yeah, it is funny on both ends that everyone's just getting so upset about colored paper. Kind of a <laughs> yeah, a large argument about it. It seems a little ridiculous, but I think what they should do is they should hire hundreds of refs, allow streamers, but hire hundreds of referees for the crowd, and you call if they throw it at a player, you call targeting. I think that would take care of it. No, it's kind of ridiculous just with like the fact that football is such a violent sport. And you mentioned it like a player complaining about it. Like, I don't feel safe out there with this colored paper flying around. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. And like nobody should throw anything. Even, even yes. streamers. Nobody right. should throw streamers at a player because it's right. just obnoxious. They, right. They're, they're doing their thing. They worked hard. They're not going to get hurt, but they don't deserve to be distracted. They've worked their entire lives for this. We get that. Right. Throw the idiots out of the stadium. Yeah. If they if they legitimately are throwing things on the field, if you throw it in the air and the wind takes it, so be it. Right. Um, right. But the uh, it's just the whole thing is just crazy to me that it's gotten this far. And the other <laughs> thing that's crazy to me is that North Dakota North Dakota State fans, not fans, a few minority troll yeah. fans. They might even be bots. Who knows seem to have conflated this that we think this is going to put our team at a disadvantage <laughs> yes. and not having streamers. <laughs> right, like, right. They're these, like they're these magic beans. <laughs> like Coach Houston's looking up there run. and worried about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. That's not the case. It's just, it's something we really enjoy as a fan base and it's fun. And sometimes it's fun to get riled up together, but it's just, oh my gosh, mountain <laughs> out of a molehill. Well, yeah. I, I have definitely enjoyed the creative alternatives that I have seen online this week though from jmu fans mm-hmm. um particularly jmu fans who are my my elders yeah uh, who have who have invented these like streamer wands and stuff <laughs> like these, oh, like the rhythmic gymnastics yes stuff? like yes. these things that are going to unroll that they can shake and like that, people that have bought like heart. massive amounts of rally towels and purple beach balls like in some ways i do wonder if i, I mean i would kind of love if this all backfires on the ncaa and this turns into a friggin' 
you know, Jimmy Buffett concert out there. Like, like, Oh, I mean, instead of cleaning up straight, like, Stray streamers just to be cleaning up the world's worst craft fair. Yes, yes. Just be stuff all over the stadium. Yeah. It's going to be like puffy paints and glitter. And yeah. It's going to be terrible. They're going to be begging for streamers. And I will admit, I, I did, I was, I did, this did give me a good chance to think back on 2004 in Chattanooga. And I was trying to think, okay. And thankfully that game was shown live, was on the, uh, it was on Facebook Live or something on one of those replays by the NCAA this weekend. I got to watch a little bit. A, for all the North Dakota State fans who don't know, JMU streamers were well-established tradition already back in 2004 at Chattanooga. Uh, clearly, there was not as many as there were now. Um, watching that, I was reminded most of the streamers we had back then were yellow and not gold. I mean, not mm-hmm. purple. Um, but they were very well-established. One of the big things that we did back then and that I fully plan on doing this weekend is we destroyed the parking lot in Chattanooga with streamers. And I am going to throw a streamer at every single group of North Dakota state (laughs) fans I see in the parking lot this weekend without question. Um, Yeah. I mean, every, and, and the other thing that Jamie used to do is they used to throw streamers when the team took the field. That was the big time to throw streamers um, was when the team ran on the field and then kind of the touchdown stuff built up later. Um, they w- we were throwing them when we scored in Chattanooga in 04, but not to the extent we've gotten used to the last 10 years or so. Uh, I certainly am going to try to get a streamer into the stadium for throwing at the final whistle. So I, I would, you know, I, I think my rule rule of thumb for this weekend is if, if JMU gets up or down by more than two or three scores, feel free to throw a streamer if we score again. <laughs> so... That, that would be the way to go. And, and definitely feel free to throw them at the end of the game if you can get them in the stadium. Um, I don't think there's any way in the world they're going to stop certain JMU fans from throwing streamers. I hope very much that neither JMU fans nor North Dakota State fans posing as JMU fans uh, actually cause any legitimate problems for either team this weekend. Uh, more in terms of a penalty than in terms of player safety. So... <laughs> Let's, yeah, uh, it's just, I don't know. And, and you know, some, some person's probably going to take it too far and get themselves thrown out of the game. Yeah, don't get just thrown for, out of the game this Don't weekend. get thrown out. I mean, no. it, it's, a, it's a fun tradition. Um, if it's just a home thing, fine. It's just a home thing. Uh, it's great. I, I love mm-hmm. it. It's one of my, my kids love it. I think it's just such a cool visual. It's just a fun part. It's a homegrown kind of organic tradition. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, Let's but, paint the rest of the, the entire tailgate lot. Let's throw every streamer we can think of. Um, before and after the game so let's have fun with it that way i don't know good luck to you if you throw them inside i I certainly don't want to take my chances getting thrown out of a game that um we've invested a lot of time and money and energy to get to so you'd regret that yeah so one final question we wanted to actually ask and this does go to some of the north dakota state fans i think rob's already touched on it so i we don't we're not trying to stir the pot here (coughs) Um, but this has been a long three weeks uh, last year with Youngstown State, there was really no banter during this three weeks online, right? I mean, there were no Youngstown State fans, <laughs> right? And, and it was just kind of this long celebration of JMU finally returning to the championship and how much fun this was going to be. And obviously, JMU had already won, you know, sort of slayed the dragon up in Fargo. Um, this year has not been like that. I, I was kind of glad to be ill and a little bit offline last week. Because there has been built up some animosity uh, between certain JMU fans and certain North Dakota State fans. Um, 
we had this incredible perception of North Dakota State fans after last year's trip as being this sort of just bastion of humility and hospitality and welcomeness and Midwesternness. Um, I'm wondering for either of you guys if that has changed at all in the last couple weeks. The, the North, Dakota, North Dakota nice? Yes. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it, it hasn't at all. And okay. I know it's, I, I guess people are sort of be like, oh, yes, like, I don't care. We've had a couple interactions on Twitter with people. Um, if people come, like, reply to us with, like, a joke, if it's funny, it's funny. Um, and I don't care. I think that's cool. Right. Even if it's at my expense or something, as that's great. If people have humor, if people just come with some really snarky remark, I just ignore it. I mean, like, I love the mute button. The reason you haven't seen a lot of it isn't because you're sick. I just mute people. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be bothered. Not because it gets me. I don't want to form a negative impression of entire fan base based on some jackal who may or may not even be a North Dakota State fan. That's just true. to be some Twitter troll. Um, I have had a couple back and forth with North Dakota <laughs> State fans. They seem like good folks. I mean, they, like, I don't know. They just talk football. Hey, looking forward to this. I'll do this. Like, I'm of the believer, and it's kind of harder nowadays to believe this, but most people are good people. Yep. Um, North Dakota State has a good reputation. Just because three or four random Twitter eggs say a bunch of obnoxious stuff, no way is that going to change my impression of them. Um, I, I don't know. I, the, the limited interaction when I've chosen to engage with people, they seem right. I'm not going to judge any fan base based on Twitter or message boards. Um, any more than I would want anybody to judge JMU's fan base on any of those things or on anything that I say um, on this <laughs> podcast or anything else. Yeah. Go make your own impressions. I'm going to go with the few positive interactions I've had where people seem to take the time to actually engage and say something. Even if they disagree, I can respect that. That's fine. And I'm going to go with the people who went to Fargo last year and to a man and to a woman said, what a great bunch of folks. Um, no stupid Twitter comment is going to make me change change my mind on that i've actually gotten more frustrated as silly as this is not by the trolls but by the jmu fans who've gotten so caught up in it and tried to like change their minds and win the the argument like, <laughs> right. to me i'm like just knock it off like, hearts and minds people yeah, yeah well, it's not even like you see these people and they're like oh i've been angst and i've done it i was like this years ago people would add us and i'd be like and it would get it would get to me just let it go if, if i don't if somebody says something like i said funny i might crack back to try to be funny uh, whatever as soon as it goes into the like just if they're not funny i'm not interested right. and if it's just mean if it's just like oh yeah you're a east coast lame elite whatever not interested right um, not interested <coughs> but same thing like you've been to st louis yeah i, I was there for a business trip mm -hmm. it, it blew me away how nice everybody was like right. weirded me out um, <laughs> i was there for work i had to do like long story short but I had to interview some people it's the type of thing on the East Coast. People kind of look at you like, what are you doing? Get out of here, dude. I got hugs after these interviews. Thank you for <laughs> trying to help our organization. Right. It was like everything good you hear about the Midwest. Mm. I, am I going to like overlook that personal experience because of a couple crazy St. Louis Cardinal fans online who say awful things? No. Right. You know, just go. It, I, I, whatever. This is too long, but no, absolutely not. I'm good. still assuming they're good people. I think most Jimmy fans are good people. Just go and have fun. And I, I the only reason I'm really regretful that I can't be there this weekend is because I really would like to meet some of these people uh, and have a beer and chat with them in person because they seem like knowledgeable fans who love their team. That's great. 
Bennett, any difference for you? No, no, I don't think, I think you can really. I think Rob I, covered it, right? Sorry. <laughs> I can't really I just, hate, a, no. hate a fan base for a tweet. The thing I really enjoy about it, too, is that none of them have, like, a, a Twitter picture of, like, themselves. So right. people are arguing with, like, a picture of an actual bison. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, oh, streamers don't hurt player safety. What do you know? You don't, yeah. It's like, it's not a, oh, right. a mock account. So. These could all be Kevin Durant burner accounts. For <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no reason to, to change that. I, I think um, we'll talk about this a little bit in off topic, but just remember, I mean, if you, if you haven't gotten a chance, um, one of our longtime online JMU nemesis is Craig Haley, the writer for Stats FCS, <laughs> who got picked up by the AP and Yahoo Sports this week. Um, and of course, picked against the Dukes. And I wouldn't want it any other way after 20 years of him picking against the Dukes. Um, but he wrote a really cool column this week about how big this game is and how legacy-defining it probably will be for both programs. And he couldn't be more right. It, I mean, JMU has 28 straight wins, and they're the, back, they're the defending champs, and they're undefeated. They've been number one all year. North Dakota State is trying to prove that their dynasty hasn't been lost to JMU. Um, enjoy the hell out of that. And... Yeah, inter- I'm not going to have the money to buy a beer for every opposing fan the way that I did for Youngstown State fans last <laughs> year. <laughs> but um, but I'm certainly looking forward to interacting with some North Dakota State fans this week and hope JMU fans will enjoy that as well and realize we're there for a big event. Um, we are there, I think maybe more than last year. I, I can't speak for North Dakota State, but for JMU, it seems it is the football crowd going this year. You know, we talked about this a little bit couple weeks ago that last year was a big JMU reunion um, even for people who maybe hadn't watched a JMU football game in 15 years and this year I think because of the scarcity of tickets and the price of tickets is and, and having gone last year is very much more the football crowd so I hope the football crowd can put down some of the animosity and still enjoy the fact that we're there for a big event um, we're facing the only one of the only two or maybe there might only be two or three other schools in the country that would care about this event at an equal level that JMU does. And the only thing that makes this a big deal is that we, is that we think it's a big deal. So North Dakota state thinks it's a big deal too. enjoy the hell out of that. Um, that's the way Montana was in 04. It was a big deal to them. There aren't many other fan bases left in FCS outside of that, um, that would care more. So really, really enjoy that this weekend. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's fun. The one thing like I, I think it goes back to when we were that West Virginia game at FedEx. It was yeah. really neat to, to just interact yeah. with um, another fan base that's very rabid and passionate. And it's got the elements. But overall, I found a lot of the West Virginia fans to be a blast to hang out with. And it was just cool to, to be in an environment, um, you know, in the tailgate and everything, where it's just, just people excited to be there for a game. And even you can, you can pick out the fans. In West Virginia, JMU, North Dakota State, yeah. there's all the elements. They're easy to see. Um, yep. usually the ones who've been overserved. Um, we've all had our moments, but just steer clear. If somebody, if you go out and say somebody, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's your team? And they give you a look or start finding them, just walk away yeah. and find somebody else who's more interesting. You know, life's short. And I don't know. It's like I said, a couple of fans who have taken the time to send us like nice, not, not like flowing tweets, but actually informed tweets. Right. I don't know. It's, it seems cool to me. I'd love yeah. to meet more fans. I wish, I wish every game was like this. Yeah. I wish we had more of this in the CAA. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, even the Delaware fans don't exist anymore. So, 
Yeah, yeah well. it's it's pretty rare we we get legit excited fans for something. So enjoy it. Who know their football? Yeah, who knows their stuff exactly? So, Rob, do you want to take us into overtime tonight? Oh yeah, um, this was kind of rushed. We're both kind of getting over the flu, so we didn't do a lot of planning for this one. But, but we have we're Bennett just going to go out. with with and Bennett. You feel free yeah, to jump in. I'll lurk around. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're going to do kind of in the spirit of talking about this big road trip, um, <coughs> or flight, as the case may be. We're going to talk about our favorite non-Jamie sporting events that we've attended in person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Todd, why don't you go ahead and kick things off? All right. So, my number three is um, I, I have lost track of whether it's uh, 2000 or 2001 or 2002, uh, Orange Bowl. So, I, this is the year that the very first first or second year that Ralph Friedgen was the coach at Maryland, and they kind of burst onto the scene and won the ACC. Um, and they played Florida in the Orange Bowl. That was uh, Steve Spurrier's last game at Florida. And Rex Grossman's last game at Florida, and some friends and I had made a made a trip to Key West for New Year's, and I came up to Miami for the Orange Bowl, and it was a blast. And you know, none of us had any particular rooting interest. I mean, I think we were all casually rooting for Maryland as the underdog and just being from DC. But uh, it, it's probably the game that I've reflected on the most in thinking about this upcoming game. In terms of, it's been so long since I have been to a game where a stadium is truly 50-50. And we all make fun of, I know there's JMU fans out there who are making fun of bowl games constantly. But when you go to a big one, like the Orange Bowl, it truly is divided into this 50-50 crowd. When you watch those playoff games last night, it was divide. you know, it's, it's split. And that's the way this is going to be this weekend. And maybe it'll be 60-40 North Dakota State or 55-45 JMU fans, but... Generally, it's going to be a pretty even split in the stadium and in the tailgate and in the bars and stuff on Thursday and Friday night and Saturday night. It's, it, it's such a blast. It's so much of a different atmosphere than going to even a road game. I mean, it's fun as a road fan because you kind of know you're with your little crew. Um, and, and I think that the home fans, like even at East Carolina this year, they, you know, they're very respectful of the road team realizing you kind of made this trip. Most of the time, um, you know, Eagles, Redskins games, notwithstanding, but a bowl game. And I think that's pretty much the closest thing that this JMU North Dakota state game is, although arguably more on the line <laughs> there, you know, it's just so much fun. And, and I had a blast at that game, uh, Maryland, Florida, put it away in the second half and, and pulled away and, and won that game pretty easily. But it was just such a fun charged atmosphere before the game and such a big celebration of, of college football. And I think this weekend has the potential to be the same way. So yeah, but, I remember when you went to that game. Yeah. Was it, Wade and Nelly? Who was? Yeah. Wade, Tyler and Nelly. And <coughs> yeah. Jeez, so geez. Tyler had cut his foot and was limping around. He had been to the hospital, got some stitches, but, but uh, yeah, we had a great, and Todd Myers was down there too. So yeah, we had yeah. a great time. I wonder if Myers will be back this weekend. Uh, (laughs) that's for the uncensored podcast yes that is (laughs) in any case um that's my number three how about you rob um i'm gonna go with you know i'm a big baseball guy um Mm -hmm. 2006 i went to game one of the nlds mets dodgers nice um it was fun it was actually like i've been a mets fan my whole life um i'd never been to shea that was the only time i ever went to shea in my life um Mm -hmm. i used to see the mets whenever they came down to turner field play the Braves mm-hmm. when I was living down there. I'd go see him when they played the Orioles. I'd go see him whenever they played here with the Nats, but I'd never, I'd never been. I'd made a couple trips up with my dad um, playing when I was a kid, and we'd get up there and 
strike years and so on and so forth. So I've been to more Yankee games at Yankee Stadium than I can <laughs> think of just because all my cousins are Yankee fans. But I've never been, so that was a really good Mets team as well, like Delgado and, and um, Jose Reyes was young at the time, and Pedro. And I put in for the lottery and got tickets, and me and Rich went up. Um, we had seats. We were the very two last seats in the last row of the <laughs> upper deck. Oh. I mean, these were like, if you way out in right field, like the, I'm not kidding, the last two seats ever. And it was so much fun. Um, John Main, who had, was probably out of the league, your starting pitcher, <laughs> I think they won like 6-5. But it was just a blast, you know, to, to be in that stadium. And, and it was an old dump, but if you're a Mets fan, it's like your dump. Um, even, you know, it was all, my only time in there, but Rich and I just had an absolute blast. Took Took the I think we took the like bolt bus or vamoose up in the morning <laughs> and then met my sister Katie uh, for a drink in Manhattan after the game and then got on the train at like midnight and, and took the train home all night and went to work. And uh, oh, it was just, it was just really fun, you know, to be, a, if you've been a major league baseball player, oh, yeah. haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It's just, it's an electric atmosphere and to do it in a place like New York um, with the Dodgers in town, it was, oh, it was, it was epic. That's awesome, yeah, because my, my second one is kind of a tie between the two Major League Baseball playoff games that I have been to, and I, I feel so fortunate to have been to these two games. Um, I am a Nats fan and very proud of it, and I am so fortunate to have been at the one, true, one of the very, very few and far between truly happy moments as a Nats fan. Um, I was about five rows above the bullpen where Jason Wirth hit the home run against the Cardinals, um, in 2012, and that was in game four uh, to win that game in a walk-off. Um, the Nats, of course, would inevitably, as Washington sports teams do, would collapse and uh, ruin a six-run lead the following night in game five in ignominious fashion, and that would be the end of another another promising year um, of this short Bryce Harper window. So it's that was... This- as long as game four was good. Yes, that, that was amazing. Except for it. Um, <laughs> but I, I couldn't even really talk about that because it's so painful to think about <laughs> the way that it all ended up. Um, but I was, my only trip to Yankee Stadium, I was at the very last game at Yankee Stadium, which was game wow. seven of Sox-Yanks um, on the 3 nothing comeback for the Sox. So that was the night of the Johnny Damon Grand Slam. Um, I don't know. The Red Sox manager put Pedro Martinez in the game for no apparent reason late in the game. Um, it was the night after the Bloody Sox, Kurt Schilling game. So it was the night that the Red Sox completed the comeback and sort of the epic two-year end to that series that had ended the previous year in the Game 7 Aaron Boone home run. And uh, that year, yeah, and Rob, like you, we were the very last row of the bleachers. So all the way back there by the Dunkin' Donuts sign mm-hmm. at Yankee Stadium. Um, drove up. I was in law school at the time. It was a weekday game, and a couple of my buddies were big Yankees fans, and uh, I was not. And so I was the one person that was pleased with the result that evening. I think they were down in the bathrooms of the bleachers, sucking whiskey out of a flask stuck in somebody's sock. But <laughs> yeah, that that it was pretty cool. Even they would admit today. I mean, that was the last game at the old Yankee Stadium, and uh, pre- pretty great experience for me, uh, baseball wise. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. How about you? Oh, um, I went. This was just kind of a weird experience, or, or kind of a cool life experience, more so than sports. But I was in South Africa 
2004. Oh, yeah, you told me this. Yeah. And I was there with grad school. I did like a month long. We visited a bunch of businesses. We did some kind of pro bono consulting for um, black-owned businesses. This was still, oh, we're, we're still like a decade out after apartheid, but it's still ways to go. So it was a really neat experience, like working with these entrepreneurs who still were, you know, like first generation of, you know, having any rights at all. But while we were there, we wanted to go to a soccer game and soccer is not that big of a deal um, in South Africa. This was prior to the world cup. They're mm-hmm. very big into rugby and cricket, mm-hmm. but we didn't know anything about that. And we we're like, well, we're in a foreign country to go see a soccer game. So some buddies and I started asking around and the people in the hotel were like, no, no you, you don't go to soccer. You know, we're like, no, we're going to a soccer match. And we were in Johannesburg, which isn't the safest place. Um, it wasn't like Cape Town or some of the nicer areas we went. But we're like, no, we really want to go to a soccer match. And people were like, what? So we're like, well, we're going to figure this out. So we somehow like got online and figured out where the match was. And people were like, you really don't want to go. It's not in a good neighborhood. We're like, what is going on? So we figured, we went to this flea market and we said, we need to find a jersey for the local team. And everybody's trying to sell us Manchester United jerseys and Milan jerseys. We're like, no, the local team. And finally, we found some vendor. And we're like, we need five Orlando Pirates jerseys. And they're looking at us like we got six heads. We're like, just give us the jerseys. So we go, we get in the cab, we get in this van, and we tell them, we're like, take us to Orlando Pirates Stadium. And the guy's like, nope. Like, literally like, opens up the van door. We're like, what? And he's like, you, you don't want to go there. You guys are foreigners. We're like, just take us to the damn thing. So the guy arranges, and he's like, okay, I'm going to drop you off. It's going to be two hours later. I'm waiting for 10 minutes, and then I'm leaving. And we're like, this is weird. And it's it gets to the whole kind of awful, awful, still, you know, post-apartheid racial situation there. And I don't right. want to get too into it, but, like, not still not not good. Um, right. So this guy, they're acting like we're going to just be in this terrible situation, and it's going to be like Mad Max. So the cab driver pulls up, lets us out, drives away. And it's just like a major block party, like a tailgate situation, but just – you know, it's not like cars. People are just hanging out. And they're playing music and everybody's drinking and eating food. And then there's just these five American dudes sitting there with <laughs> shopping bags. And everybody stops and is just staring at us. <laughs> and we just sit there. And we reach in the shopping bags. And there's not a sound. And there's hundreds of people. And we reach out and put on these jerseys. And the place erupts. And they all come <laughs> running over. And they're giving us drinks and hugging us. And it was just like... It was so dumb. It was so obvious. There was nothing to worry about. <laughs> it was just sports fans having fun. We walked into the stadium. I mean, it was just like you said about the ball game. Like, everybody's just so happy to be there. Right. And I just, I tell everybody, like, not like I'm Anthony Bourdain or something like that, <laughs> traveler, but like, trust your instincts. There's, there's people are people. It was just such a cool experience. And the soccer was kind of comical. It was like, <laughs> They're, Orlando Pirates are one of the big teams, and they were playing one of their rivals. Uh, I forget who it was, the Swallows or something like that. But it was like they were definitely – they might have been playing Kaiser Chiefs. I don't know. But it was like definitely when things started to go against them in the end, oh, just cards started flying. And it was like PKs. I mean, it was very you know, soccer corrupt. But um, it, it was a great time. And it was a cool little stadium. It was, it was fun. And then with the World Cup there, I think – things have picked up it was just a really really fun experience and doing something different um i don't know was, if you ever had a chance yeah. go check it out it was, it was cool oh that is great i love it um that is a much more um out there edgy story than anything that i have uh sporting wise but i love the story rob i've, I've heard that before and had forgotten that one so 
Yeah, on another on another podcast, I'll tell a story about how I got attacked by a baboon like a week later. <laughs> well, my number one is a little bit personal to this weekend, and I'm thrilled to have an old friend, uh, my friend who attended this my number one with me. I went to the 2000 NCAA Final Four in Minneapolis. Uh, that was Maryland's first ever appearance in the Final Four. I was living in Colorado at the time with the JMU couple of actually a whole house full of JMU lunatics. And my buddy Chris and I drove through the night in a falling down car through the snow from, from Colorado to Minneapolis. So that's like Nebraska. And I don't even know where you go. Minnesota. I don't know. It was snowing the whole time. And we went to that game. Unfortunately, that is the game. Um, the game itself is the one that uh, Maryland blew a 22-point lead to the Jay Williams uh, Shane Battier team uh, for Duke and Duke would go on to beat Arizona in the championship uh, but we had a great time that weekend went to all the games of the final four uh, I don't actually I, I have to say I, I don't particularly love the final four it, you know it, that was at the old Metrodome and most of the seats are miles from the court and at the time they didn't sell beer in the stadium I think they probably do now at the final four but they didn't back then. So it was definitely an interesting overall experience. Um, but what, that is the weekend that before the game, they had this big pep rally, like two hours before the game. And anyways, you get to take pictures. Chris, my buddy, was a, is a lifelong Chapel Hill fan. And what I'm excited about is he is going with me uh, this weekend to Frisco. So he's a lawyer down in Florida, has been down there for a long time. We don't get to see each other very often. And we are going together this weekend. So I'm really excited to... Uh, run it back with Chris. I also, that is the weekend that we got a picture of Chris punching the Duke Blue Devil mascot, which was pretty great. I wish I <laughs> knew where that picture was, but somewhere at the He's top. probably glad you don't know. No, we ran down a hallway. We saw the mascot in the back and we ran, we, we, the mascots were like all in the back of the stadium. And we were of course trying to sneak down from our miles away upper deck seats and find some way to sneak into the bottom part of the seats in the in the metrodome which we did uh proud to say but uh at the time we were like wandering these back hallways and we somehow ran into the mascots and chris was like just take a pic be ready take a picture he runs up and taps the blue devil on the back and the blue devil turns around and chris is like has his fist cocked and uh, i got a picture right then it was great so did he really punch him no, no, thank you. No, he did not punch him. But, but we had this great picture of say, him this, like, this, this, unloading this on the photo was probably yeah. evidence he destroyed. <laughs> right, right. And the other thing that happened is before the game, they had this big thing, and you know, it's this whole like fan fest thing. And uh, there was like two hundred people. You could wait in line to take a three quarter court shot. And we got in this line of like three hundred people. I don't even know. And we go up there, and Chris, I'm in front, and Chris is behind me. I think I, I don't know, I handed him my jacket. And I, I mean, everybody, you don't even get the ball near the rim, right? You're shooting from the opposite three-point line. I mean, I, like, I don't know. I think I, like, have a reasonable, as, as good a chance as anybody else. But it never occurred to me that the ball would go in. And, uh, and I run up there and throw it up. And I literally didn't even watch it. I turned around and laughed and turned around and looked at Chris. And the shot went in. And I get to run out and, like... Shake, I think I got to shake Dick Vitale's hand and he signed, the, he autographed a basketball, like a mini basketball. It's like the cheesiest thing in the world. Can we get a real one? No. And they're like, no. what do you say? What do you have to say about the game? You know? And I'm like, go Terps. Like, it was so, 
<laughs> it was so ridiculous. Um, but just a great experience. And uh, certainly looking forward to us um, maybe finding some older version of Trouble this weekend in Frisco. Was, was that the first year you lived in or was that the second year when I came out like a couple weeks later to go to Crested Butte? Yeah, it was probably the second year. Yeah, it probably was. Cause Chris, I feel like that was right before we did the camping trip. It probably was, yeah, because Chris yeah. is a uh, – I don't know if he's, he might be a year younger than me, but he, yeah, I mean, I didn't live with him until the second year out there. So yeah, that was, uh, it was a good time for sure. The, yeah. the 19 hour ride back from Minnesota to Colorado was not as good of a time. Was not as good of a time. So yeah, as much as I would like to be driving to Frisco for the, the fun road trip on the way, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> so that, I'll be taking a direct flight too. home on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So how about you? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I, I've been to a, a lot of games. A lot of can I talk about one that I that I missed, which will haunt me till the day I die. Yes. Well, as I mentioned before, I was I lived in Atlanta. And I was this a big Saturday, fan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no, I know. Well, we can get to that in a minute. Yeah, no, um, no, no. Well, I was living in Atlanta, and it was right when I was getting ready to move back up here. And so my buddies and I are like, "Oh, we should we should go to a ball game." I was like, "All right, cool." You know, I'm, I'm packing my car up and everything. It was literally the night before I was leaving, and what let's say it was normal like 705 start and i canceled it like 6 30 like all my <laughs> friends like hey i'm out let's just meet at the bar instead so i'm like all right i was like i can't be there by seven you know we'll meet you at the bar at like nine go out i wake up the next morning and this was in oh four so like there were no texts or anything but i had like voicemail after voicemail from all my friends and it was like randy johnson through a perfect game <laughs> And I of course it bailed. was. Yo, it was just like, and like a lot of baseball games. I've seen a no-hitter taken in the ninth, and then I've never seen anything closer than that. And just my friends were like baseball fanatics. They're like seam heads and like stat heads. And just <laughs> and I still get crap for it, and deservedly so. I mean, yes. was, and I still wasn't ready to go the next day. And even after staying the extra two hours, I still was delayed by like three days because I was just such an awful Packer procrastinator. But. I don't know. And it comes up every year, like around Hall of Fame time. And you didn't even meet your future wife. No, no, it was not. <laughs> you weren't skipping the game. <laughs> no, you were... no wasn't, didn't have to see about a girl. Or right, like right, right. No, I, I stayed at home with Patini and like just procrastinated <laughs> and then met at a bar three hours later. Oh, it'll that's... kill me. But so that, that's definitely one that got away. It's pretty good. And then, like you mentioned, like, yeah, I, I am not going this weekend, um, just so folks know. And I, I guess I, the, the fan of me the is somewhat, well, the fan of me is somewhat disappointed. It makes me very glad they weren't last year. But um, I have two sons, as anybody knows. I talk, kind of talk about them all the time. Uh, my youngest is seven, and he's a sports fanatic and is playing basketball for the first time this year. Um, it's his first game this weekend. And <laughs> he was like, well, of course you're not going to the game, Daddy. It's my first game. And I was like, oh, texting Todd, like, by the way, I'm not going to the game. Like, <laughs> I, I guess I, it had, I guess it just hadn't occurred to me that this one game was important. Kind of hit me in the face. It was before I bought tickets, but I've been planning on all year to go to this. <laughs> um, and then James was just like, no, dad, he said something to Jessica. I was like, well, dad might, maybe one of the other dads can coach. And my son was just like, dad would never miss my first game. <laughs> and it just about broke my heart. I, was like, I felt bad for even like, even considering going to the football game. Um, right. So I will be there Saturday unless it snows or somebody gets sick or something um, to watch, you know, a couple seven-year-olds play hoops and probably see like a six or four final score. But um, <laughs> I, 
and Hansa, no no exaggeration. I I don't regret it at all. Uh, we had practice tonight. I got roped into coaching. It turned out they didn't have enough coaches in the city <laughs> needed me, and it really has been a fun experience. And he he and his little buddies are just so excited. And so I don't know. I'll probably just be watching the game with him and my other son, or I might be heading over to Port City down the street. They're having a watch party. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I regret it. Jamie, you owned. Um, regret not being there, like I said, because I'd like to meet sure. some North Dakota State fans. I like to catch up with you and some other guys, but um, just makes me more appreciative of the fact that I got to go last year. And I'm excited for all of you who are going who've been. I'm more excited for those of you who are going and have not been. It is a blast. You will not regret it. It's expensive. It can be a long trip and all that stuff, but it is fun. I had a blast last year. I look forward to doing it again in the future many times. Oh, yeah. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Bennett, thank you again for joining us. Um, We're so glad to have you around. Um, for this. We wouldn't want to share this with anybody else. Glad to share a little student perspective on this. Of course. So, thanks for having me. No problem. And um, anytime. I mean, you're not getting out of this once you graduate. <laughs> <laughs> right? we, we need more stories about offensive linemen not being allowed in, in the interview room. Right. Yeah, banning him from interviews. That's right. So as always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire uh, Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go check them out. Um, enjoy a fine errant IPA or my favorite, the Deadly Rhythm Pale Ale. Um, and last but not least, just go have fun this week, everybody. If you're there in Frisco, I get in Thursday afternoon. Enjoy the heck out of your time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever you can do. Um, we don't get many chances like this. So if you're going to a watch party or you're coaching basketball somewhere else and then going to a watch party uh, <laughs> or your parents are helping your sister move in, and you're all going to watch it as a family at O'Neill's, enjoy the heck out of that too. So I just, um, you know, everybody enjoy it this week. We are so excited for this weekend. It's a blast. If you're setting your DVRs, set them to record an hour longer in case there's overtime, as we learned, or just a long, long game, as we learned in the Weber State game. Uh, That could be long this weekend. So set that long. And if you're going to dip out on your friends and leave the, the stadium area with a random person that you meet in Frisco, make sure you tell your friends where you're going yes. and don't put out an FBI search party for you yeah. this weekend. Dude. Not that that would ever happen. Not that that would ever happen. So JMU students, JMU young alumni, um, don't, don't, don't do it again. Right? No. Right. Be safe. Yeah. So thank you, Bennett and Rob. Hopefully we will get a chance to talk next Monday night to celebrate a back-to-back championship. Have a good night, guys. See you. All right, go Dukes. <laughs>